Hey, Calvary family, this is Pastor Michael Grove here on the Bible Reading app. Today is June the 3rd, and we are in our Bible reading plan in the book of Isaiah. Today, we'll be reading chapters 8 through 12. And as usual, I will be reading from the New International Version. Follow along if you can. Otherwise, let me read this over you. So here we go. Isaiah chapter 8. The Lord said to me, Take a large scroll and write on it with an ordinary pen. Meher Shalal Hashbaz. So I called in Uriah the priest and Zechariah son of Jeberechiah as reliable witnesses for me. Then I made love to the prophetess, and she conceived and gave birth to a son. And the Lord said to me, Name him Meher Shalal Hashbaz. For before the boy knows how to say, My father, or my mother, the wealth of Damascus and the plunder of Samaria will be carried off by the king of Assyria. The Lord spoke to me again. Because this people has rejected the gently flowing waters of Shiloh and rejoices over Rezin and the son of Remaliah, therefore the Lord is about to bring against them the mighty floodwaters of the Euphrates, the king of Assyria with all his pomp. It will overflow all its channels, run over all its banks, and sweep on into Judah, swirling over it, passing through it, and reaching up to the neck. Its outspread wings will cover the breadth of your land, Emmanuel. Raise the war cry, you nations, and be shattered. Listen, all you distant lands. Prepare for battle and be shattered. Prepare for battle and be shattered. Devise your strategy, but it will be thwarted. Propose your plan, but it will not stand, for God is with us. This is what the Lord says to me with his strong hand upon me, warning me not to follow the way of this people. Do not call conspiracy everything this people calls a conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear and do not dread it. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. He will be a holy place for both Israel and Judah. He will be a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And for the people of Jerusalem, he will be a trap and a snare. Many of them will stumble. They will fall and be broken. They will be snared and captured. Bind up this testimony of warning and seal up God's instruction among my disciples. I will wait for the Lord, who is hiding his face from the descendants of Jacob. I will put my trust in him. Here am I and the children the Lord has given me. We are signs and symbols in Israel from the Lord Almighty, who dwells on Mount Zion. When someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, Should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning. If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. Distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged and, looking upward, will curse their king and their God. Then they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom. 
and they will be thrust into utter darkness. Isaiah chapter 9. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The Lord has sent a message against Jacob. It will fall on Israel. All the people will know it, Ephraim and the inhabitants of Samaria, who say with pride and arrogance of heart, The bricks have fallen down, but we will rebuild with distressed stone. The fig trees have been felled, but we will replace them with cedars. But the Lord has strengthened Rezin's foes against them and has spurred their enemies on. Arameans from the east and Philistines from the west have devoured Israel with open mouth. Yet for all this, his anger is not turned away, his hand is still upraised. But the people have not returned to him who struck them, nor have they sought the Lord Almighty. So the Lord will cut off from Israel both head and tail, both palm branch and reed in a single day. The elders and dignitaries are the head. The prophets who teach lies are the tail. Those who guide this people mislead them. And those who are guided are led astray. Therefore the Lord will take no pleasure in the young men, nor will he pity the fathers and the widows, for everyone is ungodly and wicked. Every mouth speaks folly. Yet for all this, his anger is not turned away. His hand is still upraised. Surely wickedness burns like a fire. It consumes briars and thorns. It sets the forest thickets ablaze, so that it rolls upward in a column of smoke. By the wrath of the Lord Almighty, the land will be scorched, and the people will be fuel for the fire. They will not spare one another. On the right they will devour, but still be hungry. On the left they will eat, but not be satisfied. Each will eat on the flesh of their own offspring. Manasseh will feed on Ephraim, and Ephraim on Manasseh. Together they will turn against Judah. Yet for all this, his anger is not turned away. His hand is still upraised. Isaiah chapter 10 Woe to those who make unjust laws, 
to those who issue oppressive decrees to deprive the poor of their rights and withhold justice from the oppressed of my people, making widows their prey and robbing the fatherless. What will you do on the day of reckoning when disaster comes from afar? To whom will you run for help? Where will you leave your riches? Nothing will remain but to cringe among the captives or fall among the slain. Yet for all this, his anger is not turned away, and his hand is still upraised. Woe to the Assyrian, the rod of my anger, in whose hand is the club of my wrath. I send him against a godless nation. I dispatch him against a people who anger me to seize loot and snatch plunder and to trample them down like mud in the streets. But this is not what he intends. This is not what he has in mind. His purpose is to destroy, to put an enemy to many nations. Are not my commanders all kings, he says? Has not Calno fared like Carchemish? Is not Hamath like Arpad and Samaria like Damascus? As my hand sees the kingdoms of the idols, kingdoms whose images excel those of Jerusalem and Samaria, shall I not deal with Jerusalem and her images as I dealt with Samaria and her idols? When the Lord has finished all his work against Mount Zion and Jerusalem, he will say, I will punish the king of Assyria for the willful pride of his heart and the haughty look in his eyes. For he says, By the strength of my hand I have done this, and by my wisdom, because I have understanding. I removed the boundaries of nations, I plundered their treasures. Like a mighty one, I subdued their kings. As one reaches into a nest, so my hand reached for the wealth of the nations. As people gathered abandoned eggs, so I gathered all the countries. Not one flapped a wing or opened its mouth to chirp. Does the axe raise itself above the person who swings it, or the saw boast against the one who uses it? As if a rod were to wield the person who lifts it up, or a club brandish the one who is not wood. Therefore, the Lord, the Lord Almighty, will send a wasting disease upon his sturdy warriors. Under his pomp a fire will be kindled like a blazing flame. The light of Israel will become a fire, their Holy One a flame. In a single day it will burn and consume his thorns and his briars. The splendor of his forests and fertile fields it will completely destroy as when a sick person wastes away. And the remaining trees of his forest will be so few that a child could write them down. In that day the remnant of Israel, the survivors of Jacob, will no longer rely on him who struck them down, but will truly rely on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. A remnant will return. A remnant of Jacob will return to the mighty God. Though your people be like the sand by the sea, Israel, only a remnant will return. Destruction has been decreed, overwhelming and righteous. The Lord, the Lord Almighty, will carry out the destruction decreed upon the whole land. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the Lord Almighty, says. My people who live in Zion, do not be afraid of the Assyrians, who beat you with a rod and lift up a club against you as Egypt did. Very soon, my anger against you will end and my wrath will be directed to their destruction. 
the Lord Almighty will lash them with a whip, as when he struck down Midian at the rock of Oreb. And he will raise his staff over the waters, as he did in Egypt. In that day, their burden will be lifted from your shoulders, their yoke from your neck. The yoke will be broken, because you have grown so fast. They enter Ath, they pass through Migron. They store supplies at Michmash. They go over the pass and say, We will camp overnight at Geba. Rama trembles. Gibeah of Saul flees. Cry out, daughter Galim. Listen, Laisha. Poor Anothoth. Madmena is in flight. The people of Gebim take cover. This day will halt at Nob. They will shake their fist at the mount of daughter Zion, at the hill of Jerusalem. See the Lord, the Lord Almighty, will lop off the boughs with great power. The lofty trees will be felled. The tall ones will be brought low. He will cut down the forest thickets with an axe. Lebanon will fall before the mighty one. Isaiah chapter 11. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, the Spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes, or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to reclaim the surviving remnant of his people from Assyria, from Lower Egypt, from Upper Egypt, from Cush, from Elam, from Babylonia, from Hamath, and from the islands of the Mediterranean. He will raise a banner for the nations and gather the exiles of Israel. He will assemble the scattered people of Judah from the four quarters of the earth. Ephraim's jealousy will vanish, and Judah's enemies will be destroyed. Ephraim will not be jealous of Judah, nor Judah hostile toward Ephraim. They will swoop down on the slopes of Philistia to the west. Together, they will plunder the people to the east. They will subdue Edom and Moab, and the Ammonites will be subject to them. The Lord will dry up the gulf of the Egyptian sea. With a scorching wind, he will sweep his hand over the Euphrates River. He will break it up into seven streams so that anyone can cross over in sandals. There will be a highway for the remnant of his people that is left from Assyria, as there was for Israel when they came up from Egypt. Isaiah chapter 12 
In that day you will say, I will praise you, Lord, although you are angry with me, your anger has turned away, and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself, is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day you will say, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion. For great is the Holy One of Israel among you. This concludes the reading for today. Let me give you a quick thought before we end our time together. So I want to read the ending of chapter 8 one more time because this is a key piece to what Isaiah is predicting about the future in the Messiah. In chapter 8, starting in verse 19, this is what it says. When someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning. If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. Distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged and, looking upward, will curse their God and their king. Then they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom. And they will be thrust into utter darkness. So that's pretty heavy reading right there. And this is what it's talking about. God is telling Isaiah that there's people that will only look to their own ways. And then once their own ways have only led them astray and away from God, then they'll look to God in anger and distress. And they'll be so frustrated that God isn't doing for them what they would want to have happen, that they would find themselves wandering in fearful darkness. That is the pattern of mankind. We want to do things our own way. And then when things don't work out for us, we want to look at God and say, God, are you even real? Are you there? Why would you let me walk through this? Which is funny because he doesn't want us to walk through darkness. Everybody wants to trust in God without having to trust him. Let me explain what I mean by that. Everyone says they trust in God, but they want things to be done their own way. I mean, think about our own prayer request. Jesus said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But what do the majority of our prayers sound like? God, will you do this for me? God, I'm asking you, make this happen. Or, God, please, if you're there, will you just... We love our prayers to ask for God to do the things we want him to do. And then when we don't feel like he's listening... We get frustrated with him. But here's the thing. God has a very specific plan for our lives. And that's not just to control us and make us do what he wants us to do. It's to keep us from going down roads that would lead us to darkness. All around us are signs that people have strayed from God's good, perfect, and pleasing plan. Yet, every time we see the results of people who have walked away from God's good, pleasing, and perfect plan, all we hear from other people is, well, if God really is real, then why would he allow? 
and then you can fill in the blank with a number of different things. You ever wonder why some of those bad things happen? Well, it's because people have chosen to do things their own way. And the only way for God to stop all those things from happening is to wipe out all the people who caused those things to happen, whether intentionally or through their bad decisions. Yet, what do we do? We look up to God, shake our fists, and blame God. That's what Isaiah was saying. He said, distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. And when they are famished, they will become enraged and, looking upward, will curse their king and their God. We live in a pretty desolate world. There is darkness and destruction and pain everywhere that we look. The unfortunate reality of that is that it is all caused by people who refuse to do things God's way. They've turned from his perfect plan and in so doing brought darkness into this world. But listen to how chapter 8 goes into chapter 9. Let me read the last verse and then I'll jump into the first verse without stopping. Then they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom, and they will be thrust into utter darkness. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. Then, after we skip a little bit and jump into verse 2, it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Isaiah is tying together the fact that people rebel against the Lord and then even blame the Lord for what happens to them once they've rebelled. Yet he ties that to the darkness that they're in is going to be overcome by one person. John tells us that person, he says, a light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, we all have to pay the price of disobeying God, of ignoring his plans in walking in darkness. Sometimes that's our own fault and sometimes that's the fault of the people around us because sin destroys all things. But the good news, we don't have to live in that darkness. God causes his light to shine through that darkness and illuminate his path back to him. That plan started with Jesus and continues today by revealing himself over and over again through the darkness of our situations and fears. So wherever you're at today, whatever it is that you're facing, know this, that even if it seems dark and uncomfortable and maybe even fearful, The Lord is trying to shine through it and bring you hope, just as he did as he let Jesus come and bring hope to all of mankind. So stay strong, rely on the Lord, and seek him out. And as you do, may he illuminate your steps as you walk in his path. And may that path lead you to righteousness as you pursue the Lord today. That's all the time we have left for today. I love you and God bless.